Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Today we have a wonderful interview with the creators of the Timberdoodle curriculum, box, crate, mega package of <laughs> learning materials. Yeah, the, the, the team behind Timberdoodle. So this is one, if you had listened back to our Homeschooling Journeys episode with Abby Card, she talked about her mm-hmm. son recently starting, I think her son is in third grade this year, and he recently got this all-in-one box curriculum from Timberdoodle and just raved about it. So we wanted to bring them on the show and talk with them about the secrets behind the uh, this great curriculum. But before we begin, head down into the show notes and you'll get all the links to Timberdoodle and also our resource guide and connect with us online. You know, I think this interview was just really good. I think yeah. they're very personal. They're actually local people. So everybody yeah, here who's like, local. Well, Washington. Yeah. If, you, uh, <laughs> if you're in Washington, this is actually a local Washington company. And, you know, we... We always like to support local companies here in the area, so I it's always love, nice. I just love what they're able to find such unique stuff. I mean, when I was going out and looking for, you know, we, we've decided to do something different for our curriculum for this year, although I would love to do Timberdoodle in the future because it looks amazing. But, you know, just you can even just go on and buy individual pieces that they sell on there. Mm-hmm. And they have come up with just some of the most, um, I don't know, rich and interesting and exciting resources i i this is one of the questions like where do you find this yeah, this exactly. is so great and i think we're you know the niche that they're going after are the parents who don't know all the things but want a really good quality crate of items that have been curated that have good you know good content good things that are inside the box they may be you know accidental homeschoolers that are working through a local charter school or an online charter school they can purchase that through there. They, um, Joy and Hope talked about a number of states that have a cost-sharing programs where mm-hmm. you can use some state dollars to help buy a, a program. So if you don't know, you know, if you want to do an online curriculum or if you wanted to, you know, buy a, a special curriculum and, and you're kind of like hemming and hawing and then you're looking at all the things you have to buy. Well, it's overwhelming. It we... can be very overwhelming. And so, like, that's kind of where I think Timberdoodle has its niche where you'll get everything you need for this year of school in one crate. Well, right. And I love that you're able to customize so that if you already have a math curriculum you're in love with, you can just take that part out, mm-hmm. right? You don't have to buy the whole thing and then throw it away. You can just, you know, you can customize your box ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. You know, we talked about in our finding curriculum episode way, way back when, uh, towards the beginning of the, of our podcasting journey about, you know, all the ways that we use to research curriculum and, you know, while we can lay out the steps, it is a massive undertaking to find the right curriculum. I mean, it's not just, uh, you know, there's there's not like 10 options and you can go and kind of sort through them, right? There are hundreds of different things that you could do trying to figure out what curriculum you want to do, especially when you haven't homeschooled before. Mm-hmm. It's a massive undertaking of not just not just time and energy, but also 
um, it, it can just be complex as far as like where to start and well, yeah, that looks good and that looks good, but what do I know will work well for my child? Well, and, and some people, this is, it's lovely to have a curated kit. Yeah, really some is. people like to build computers and buy all the pieces and assemble it, and some people just like to buy a computer off the shelf. And you know, there's different customers for different needs. So if you find that you're, you know, one of these people who you know, you're kind of paralyzed by all the choice. And we did talk a little bit about that, where there is this, you know, fear. And, and I think that's one of the most active questions that I've seen, you know, most asked questions on a lot of these forums is, oh, should I go with this curriculum or this mm -hmm. curriculum? What curriculums are you guys using? What do you, you know, should, I, I'm, I'm just starting. I don't know what to do. Yeah. And those type of things. And, and this kind of solves a lot of that. I mean, for example, I think they're using the All About Reading as their mm -hmm. kind of their base reading curriculum for the younger younger years. So that's that's the curriculum we're using. I don't know if they're doing Right Start Math. No, no, they're doing Matthew C. Matthew which, C. So I mean, they've they've you know, and that's six one half dozen, right? They're all good programs. Yeah. But I I love they've chosen a lot of great stuff. You can customize. You can either say I want everything and the kitchen sink, or I just want a slimmed down version. You can say I've already got a math and reading that I love, or I already have art that I want, or you can mm -hmm. add things on. The custom the customization aspect I think is really important yeah. with this one. There's a lot of other box curriculums where it's like this is our price and everything's included, mm -hmm. and you know. Good luck. Yeah, I, the customization part is so important because it is important you know, to know that they also have a Christian line and then a, a secular line as right, well. Right, they so. have both. And I, you know, I think that as much as it is hard to figure out when you're doing the research, it's overwhelming things. As folks go through, you know, as we've gone through the, our time homeschooling, it does get easier, and you start to get you start to get picky about you know some things that you really like or work really great with your kids. This allows you to just like add in the pieces you want and not the others and. Anyways, I think that that's really the selling point for me of this is having a well-curated kit that's customizable. Like, I'm sold. So, and anyway, and they were lovely folks. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I think that they would be so helpful, too, you know, if you needed to call and ask questions about what's right. I mean, they were just, they were truly lovely. So. Yeah, so here's the interview with Joy and Hope from Timberdoodle. Joy and Hope, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Uh, we're so excited to talk with you. You know, we actually had not heard of Timberdoodle. We had another guest on the podcast who who said her son was doing this new, really creative um, one box curriculum. And she was like, he's absolutely I can't even get him out of the homeschool room. He's in there all day playing with Gravitrax and then these other things from this this Timberdoodle kit. And she said she, she's almost never seen her son so engaged as he's been with this, with this kit. So we really wanted to talk with you um, today about uh, what Timberdoodle is and get some more background on it, kind of where you're hoping to go. So could you start off by telling us a bit about how Timberdoodle started and kind of what led to its creation? I'm hoping I'll answer that one. Um, basically Timberdoodle started back in 85 um, when it was start, founded by my parents, and at the time, there were three of us girls, and we were one, two, and three, and my mom was buying products to teach us at home, and all her friends would come, and they would see the products and be like, oh, man, where did you get that? And at the time, my dad was working at a lumber mill in town, and they're pinching pennies, and my mom thought, hey, I could buy this in bulk and sell it at a discount to my friends and make a little pin money on the side, and that was the start, basically, of Timberdoodle. Well, and, and doing that all with a one, two, and three-year-old in tow is pretty ambitious. <laughs> she She's very ambitious. <laughs> well, and, and that goes to the, uh, you know, a lot of homeschool parents are kind of very thrifty and, and very, you know, 
on top of it. Oh yeah, I know no. Ariel is. <laughs> I think we're a resourceful bunch. <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> so could you just go through maybe you know what Timberdoodle is and what type of products you guys produce, um, in case maybe our listeners haven't heard of Timberdoodle. And I think you guys are here in Washington, aren't you? Yes, we are. Oh yeah, cool. Okay, yeah. So you're a local company, yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. So um, maybe just talk a little bit about you know you know what products you guys make and what you guys put together. Sure. So again, um, back in the '80s when this all started, there was not a lot of option. There were not a lot of options out there for homeschool products, and so um, at that time, it was mostly mom gathering the resources to say, "Here's what I found. Here's what is available," and offering that for sale. But as the years have gone by, as as you guys know, there is a whole huge array of homeschool products out there right now. It is an overwhelming amount of products. Um, and so throughout the years, Timberdoodle's evolved from making clear and available, hey, this is what's out there to now saying, okay, of everything that's out there, what do we, what are our top picks? What do we think are the best? And maybe Joy, you want to talk a little about what, how we make that decision, but. This is Joy. Mom is really good at narrowing down what is a good product in terms of, usability and in terms of does it actually sets out to teach and how easy is it going to be to implement and so she will look at all the reading programs and kind of narrow it down until we have left the ones that we would actually use and in fact we are using now with our kids and so a lot of families find that if they try to look at every single option it's really overwhelming especially if you're new and if you only are looking at like the top two or three you can sift through that and figure out, okay, of these guys, this will really be the best for my kid and go from there a lot more easily, a lot easier and a lot with a little, lot less intimidation for the, especially for the new homeschooler who just is a little scared anyway and wants someone to just show them how to get started and get their feet wet. Yeah. We call those people the accidental homeschoolers. We've seen a lot of them in the last year or so. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, you're right. Um, you know, some of the biggest, you know, issues and comments that we've, we've heard from our listeners and also people on, you know, Facebook groups and different forums and Reddit and whatnot is that kind of that paralysis, you know, by analysis, there are literally so many options out there, so many manipulatives, you know, what does your mom, you know, does she get the products? Does she review them? Does she talk to the creators? You know, what is that? Is there a process behind that? And does that feed into a philosophy that you guys have or is it really she's just trying to get the best products to put into the the box that's delivered for that year so that kind of depends on um, where the product is coming from so yes we get the product in hand and look at it and review it ourselves Um, and that can come through a number of ways so some of the products um, we find by going to trade shows for resellers and so we go to the trade rooms and we look through everything that's available and figure out what would teach the concept best, what would um, meet the needs of the homeschoolers the best. Also, we get um, trade magazines that come in, so going through those. And then we have the startup companies that are contacting us and saying, hey, I put this out and I wondered if you would take a look at it and see if it's a good fit for you. Um, So a lot of different ways to gather the products here. And then once they are here, they go through this whole intensive review process to say, is this suitable? Is this quality? Does it teach something um, worthwhile? Is it too intensive that's going to be overwhelming and then we use it ourselves with our own kids so then it kind of goes through that whole yes this is exactly what we thought it was or you know what that was more difficult to use than it initially looked like and I think that would be too overwhelming for a lot of homeschoolers I think that's really interesting it might be the only time I've heard of uh, you know 
figuring out the right curriculum by actually using it. You know, you put it through its paces uh, rather than just look at it and go, yeah, that looks good. You know, so often when we choose uh, something for our kids, we think, oh, gosh, this looks great. Right. It's splashy and it's got, you know, it's got cool styling and oh, I, I like the way that it moves. And then our kids, it doesn't work for them at all. So I think yeah. that's really interesting. So when you're when you guys are doing the curriculums, um, are you basing it off of, say, you know, the common core requirements? Are you trying to look at different state standards and making sure that, you know, the box they get for the kindergarten or the first grade or the second grade levels meets those requirements? Is there any work on your guys side to ensure that or is that still up to the parents to ensure that that's being met? Yes and no. So when we are looking at an item, What's really important to us is that it teaches it really well. So for instance, for math, our key one is math you see. And what we want is the kid to end their education or their home education with a really solid working grasp of math. Mm -hmm. um, and we, so it doesn't really matter to us if they learn multiplication in second grade or third grade. That's not as critical as do they actually understand it and can they use it in real life um, for the rest of their lives. So we, after we figure out like the best trajectory for the kits, then we'll go out and we'll go look at the state standards and we'll put, uh, we have a blog page that will just say, Hey, this covers this. This doesn't cover that. Um, we don't directly align with common core, but we do have, um, options that do align. So for the family who says, Hey, I'm just doing it this year. Kids are going back into public school next year. I need them to be on par with their peers. We'll say then probably you don't want to jump into Matthew C, which ends far advanced of its other courses. But in the middle, some of the grades are not exactly the same level as their peers. So you would probably want to switch to a different one, like uh, Horizons Math or something like that. And so they have the ability to take the kit and say, oh, I'll just customize that one. And now this will end me up right where I need to be at the end of the year. And 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 as the kids go through the kits, you they for the most part, exceed state requirements. Occasionally, you're going to get those states that are going to say, oh, you need to have um, New York history. Yes, in here. And no, we're not going to cover New York history in every single kindergarten kit. So we, we recommend you go out and look at your state standards. But as a whole, yes, this meet and exceeds state standards for the majority of what their standards are. So you, you uh, talked a little bit about customization. I think this is a really cool feature of what you offer, right? You've got these kits and we kind of think like, oh, well, I'm just locked into getting exactly that. Um, but there's a, a tremendous amount of customization. Could you talk about what is in a normal kit, what all the, the range of, of subjects is taught, and then, and then how the customization system that you have works? Absolutely. So obviously the basics are covered. So we actually have three different levels of kits. We have basic, complete, and elite. So in your basic kit, you're always gonna have your language arts, your thinking skills, and your math. And sometimes there'll be other supplemental things, but those three things are gonna be covered in the basic. And then in the complete kit, you're gonna add in the science and the history and STEM and art. And then in the elite, you'll have a lot more of the bells and whistles. So like if you had one STEM kit and complete them in the elite, you might add another one. And there's going to be extra games and extra art kits, um, more hands-on resources. Just the, it really is the elite. It's the fun stuff. Uh, if you have the budget for it, if you have the time for it, it'll make it really fun, but you don't have to have it to have a successful year. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then there was another customization. Like you do have a Christian focused curriculum, but you also have a secular based. How, How does that work with the varying levels? Is it just stripping out the religious oriented content or, you know, how does that help? We tend to have a lot of secular homeschoolers on our podcast. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And so what we did is we like uh, a lot of our um, history or science courses might come from a Christian perspective. And then we had a lot of our customers say, hey, I'd really like to order through my charter school. This is not going to fly. And obviously we understand that. And of course, we understand stretching a budget and all of that. So what we did was go out and look, Okay, let's look at all of the more neutral science and history courses. And again, run it through the same criteria is actually something we would use. Um, and then swapped those out. So we have the, and I wouldn't call it a true secular program, um, mm-hmm. but it is non-religious. And so it is, it is more of the neutral non-religious that we find our customers are looking for. So there's also the customization that says, hey, I like um, your kindergarten kit, but my child's actually already learned most of what you're teaching as far as the reading and that. I think they're more advanced. Can I switch it up a level? Absolutely. Or um, I love your first grade kit, but I didn't want to go with that math program. I wanted to go with an alternative math program, or I already own the math program um, that I want to use this year. Can I buy the rest of your kit without adding in your math? And so those customizations we totally work with too, because we know every family is not the same. This is our best look at a kit to say, if if we were to take most of the families and most of the children, this is what we believe will work best for you. But every family is not the same. And so we allow you to drop some items out or swap items Um, as far as different grade levels or different publishers, that's all fine. Um, So you can customize this kit to best meet your child's needs. And as we find as families get more comfortable with homeschooling or have more exposure to different products, then they feel more comfortable making those swaps if they want to. The rest of the homeschoolers are just content to say, nope, I trust your, your goal and your opinion and I like the kit as it is. So I was looking through, um, we have a kindergartner or she's going to be a kindergartner, but we're doing uh, kindergarten math and reading, so like all about reading and right start math. I, I think I saw all about reading in the kindergarten curriculum. Yes. Um, do you guys include literature as well, like books, and, or does that leverage more the library system or parents buying additional books? Is the books, my question is maybe, are the books included in the curriculum as well? That's a great question. And to a great extent, the books are not included. We anticipate families will use their library system because we know that's a real cost. And the, yeah, uh, yeah, if, and I don't know how other families operate, but for us, when you, when you just have the limited budget, it makes more sense to spend it on the STEM kits or the art kits or the things you can't get through the library. If you can get it through the library, why not save the money? Um, (laughs) And so, what we have done is we have a reading challenge in each kit. And so it will say, read a book with a green cover or read a book that's about families or read a book that has a horse in it. Um, and we'll have suggested titles. You do not have to read one off the suggested titles, but sometimes people are like, oh, I'm brain dead. Can you give me an idea for one that has a horse in it? Yeah. Yes, here's the <laughs> Um And so it just gets you reading a broad spectrum of literature without having to have a specific book. And it also okay. lets you tailor that to your child. So if your your child is really into horses, then the book with the green cover could also be about horses. And you could, you know, you could a book about families could be a book about a family raising horses. You know, like you you can tailor that to their interests, but still expose them to a wider range of literature than you might necessarily just see at, at first glance at the library. 
That's great. So with the with the plan, you know, there's going to be a scope and sequence given with each kit, right? So is it planned that families would do this every day and how many hours a day is is in the the plan? Obviously, you know, we like to change our plans as homeschoolers, but <laughs> what is what's put out in the in the kit? So it really varies a lot depending on the on the family. So we would I would say we with so right now we're using preschool, pre-K and kindergarten with our own kids, and I would say we do most of that in an hour or two a day. Um, it depends. If you have a lot of time to fill, you could go more in depth on some of the stuff. And we school year round, so that, of course the daily amount of time is scaled back because it's spread farther. Um, See, we're not crazy. We school year round too. Yeah, we do. People look at us like we're crazy or something. Well, well you know what it is? I think it's there's a for for folks who do send their kids to public school and who have been to public school themselves, I'm I'm a public school kid, so I could talk that way too. You know, you think about like why would you put them through that in the summer, right? They had to do it all year, and then you're going to take away their summer by doing homeschool. It's like it's no, a no, fish no. In water though, they don't know. But you you don't know what homeschool is not. A, it's it's not work, right? It's it's so much different, and yeah. I think it's hard for people to wrap their brains around that. So when we say we school year round, people act like I don't know. They think it's like child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> no, and 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 the beauty of having a rhythm that you can follow year round, but also not be tied to it. So when it is that hot weather week, and you think, man, I just want to spend all week at the lake, you don't freak out because it doesn't matter. We'll catch yeah. it up later because we do this all year round anyways. We'll <laughs> do a lot of flexibility in this. <laughs> I know. That's what we say. Um, you guys said you're actually using them. So you, mothers, you have children. Um, you know, what is it like? You know, maybe can you walk us through, you know, what a day in the life of a timber doodle preschool kindergarten first grader looks like? Maybe just, you know, how do you do it on a day to day basis? So that's kind of a tricky question. Um, so a little bit of maybe a little bit of history about ourselves. Um, so Joy and I, we also have two other sisters, Grace and Pearl, and we are still, um, we're all single. We're middle-aged oh, okay. single women <laughs> um, that basically got to a point um, about five years ago that we realized it, we always had the dream of get married, have kids of our own, um, have families. And realized uh, a couple of years ago that part of the dream that we always had of also being able to adopt children was actually something that we thought we couldn't ever do because we were still single. And so then kind of had our eyes open several years ago to say the need is great and it doesn't just take married people to do this. And so we entered into the world of foster care. Okay. Having given up the idea of adoption. Yes. Okay. Um, and so when we say we are using this curriculum, it changes a lot um, even month to month, we are using it with the, with whoever comes through and okay. I actually have adopted two boys myself. And so I'm able to take that to completion, but I don't know if I could give you a real accurate, um, <laughs> in the life of, because it does change based off of where they're at in their visits with their families or their doctor appointments, et cetera, et cetera. It's just, it's kind of a crazy lifestyle. Right now, it's just a very busy household because her twins are five. <laughs> and then we have four other little ones, age one and up. It, so mm. we have six, five and under. So it's a little bit insane. But what's been working <laughs> really well for us is just to establish some rhythms. So we have a morning routine that you do breakfast, you do your little chore list, you get dressed, you're ready to face the day. And then we'll go to the table and we'll do about, I would say an hour mm -hmm. of schoolwork. And that will depend on 
some kids are working on math, other kids are working on puzzles, and um, the baby is usually toppling around amusing herself, and all it just kind of works together for an hour. Then we get everybody outside and try to burn off some of that energy. And so then as people are napping, other people are doing schoolwork and kind of rotate who's doing what, when. But I'd say it's more about the rhythms than about having a, it's nine o'clock, everybody get here right now. That, that didn't work. <laughs> I, I would say that's accurate. And so because it, you you never it, it's been it's been a work in progress. Let's just say that you never really know what your day's going to look like. But the rhythm Joy's right. And the rhythm is where we are. We know all the stuff on this checklist or in this bin. So. So could you talk a little bit about Timberdoodle, um, your your study guide, the you know, the, the guide for the parents and how you, you know, help them through you know all the materials that you guys include? Yes, absolutely. So we do put out a handbook that has um, through it. So I would say for new homeschoolers, they really appreciate that a lot of the handbook will walk you through um, item by item. Here's just a little summary on why we picked this item. Here's what the goal of it is. Here's what we would suggest for how you would schedule it. So like you mentioned, the Gravitrax. So here's the Gravitrax game. Here's why we picked it. Here's what it's teaching. And here's how we think you would probably want to schedule it during your week, your school week or your school year. Um, so then it's left up to the the parents to decide exactly where they want to slot that in with their yes. other studies and things. Okay. Yes, because the premise of our scheduling is basically a base off of how we were raised, which was um, mom would set up a list of our school for the week and say, here's everything that needs to get done this. Well, mom would set up a school list for us based off the year to say, I want you to get through this thinking skill book this year or this math book this year and to do that I, you need to do 10 pages in the math book every week and you need to do two pages in the thinking skills book every week and so in essence we had a checklist every week that said if you do 10 pages here and five pages here and one activity there by the end of the school year you will have completed everything you need to complete and that's how we run the scheduling in Timberdoodle because frankly families are busy and hectic and things go and happen. And so we just thought we're not going to tell you and stress you out by saying to you, you on Monday have to do page blank through blank. And then that doesn't happen Tuesday. You're stressed out because now you got to do Mondays and Tuesdays. All we want to say to you is, is during this week, here's what you want to accomplish. So for our family, we know that and we either can run off the checklist or if we have it in, we have some, bins that we can run and say, okay, everything in this bin we need to get through this week. So you can pull your papers out of your books or you can write in them or however you want to do it. But you have this checklist that says get 10 pages done here. We just then kind of run our day based off of chunks of time. So it's the meals and chores time, it's the outside time, and then it's the sit at the table time. And during that time, we're just working our way through the list. So if the kids are doing great on um, a smart game, then you might give them both challenges that they need to get done that week right then. And then you know you've done that. You don't need to do it for the rest of the week, or if they're doing great on math, let's just get a couple pages done and then we've whacked out a bunch of it for the week. Or if they're really struggling, you're like, yeah, let's just do one little page and let's <laughs> move away from that to something else. So basically you're making progress the whole week, but it's not highly scheduled. No, I understand that. And I, I think, you know, it's kind of a good mix of both helping people be, you know, comfortable in buying a curriculum, but then also giving them enough freedom within that curriculum to be able to succeed based on the day-to-day. -day. You did mention you have a lot of games and I saw you have a lot of games. We we tend to focus a lot on game schooling on our podcast. We talk a lot about games, we review a lot of games. Um, could you talk a little bit about games as kind of a, looks like it's a centerpiece on some of your 
your curriculums and why do you choose games and maybe some of the philosophy around that? Absolutely. So there's a couple reasons. So there's actually a couple categories of games. You'll find a lot of single player logic games because that logic skill is just so important and what a fun way to learn it. Um, and so you'll see that is usually there's at least one of those in every grade. As of last year, we also went through and tried to make sure there was at least one two-player game in every grade for several reasons. One is, especially as your kids get older, they're learning more independently often, and you kind of lose a little bit of that connection, that, and that lets you reestablish that in just a fun way. Another is that we just saw in our own household how character building it can be to lose. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> having that as a something you are constantly doing it's really good. Um, <laughs> but also, obviously, we, the games that we chose were ones that were, are actually require some advanced thinking skills and some, you know, so there's a lot of educational benefits to them. But just putting that into a game format has a lot of gains for the, the student and for the household. And we also tried to, on the, on the two-player games, make it something that the parent could play with the child if all you have is if one parent and one child available to play, then you wanted them not to be bored out of their mind halfway through the school year and think, oh my goodness, do we have to get that out again? So you wanted yeah. it to be something where they're kind of equally equally matched, even though there could be a great difference in age. And back to the logic games too, we've also found that's just such um, a necessary skill and also one that is not um, generally targeted. So we used to, before all of the... COVID and everything before that, we would go to these homeschool conferences and we would find kids would come up to the table, play a logic game, and they just could not figure it out. And so it just seemed to be, again, a real hole in the education to say, not only do you need to be able to fill in the blanks on the workbook, you need to be able to think critically and creatively outside the box to say, how can I solve this problem? Um, you guys have a lot of products you've put into, you know, the varying levels of curriculum. Is there, you know, one, two or three products that you guys feel are just like the centerpieces of, say, the two, you know, Timberdoodle curriculum across the board? Are there a couple of products you're like most jazzed about? I don't know if I would go products specifically as much as concepts, because I think okay. I don't think there's another kit out there that has as broad of a STEM category. So that we or thinking skills, and I think those two things are probably the th- things that set us apart with hands-on being a close third. Um, but we really focus on STEM. It's critical, and there are, it's fun, and it um, it's really important. So we do that a lot. Um, and thinking skills again, if if you know how to think, if you know how to take in information and process it, it doesn't matter what else you're trying to learn, you will succeed at it because you can under, you can figure it out. Um, and with the hands-on learning, often a child in a homeschool setting, especially before COVID, was cho- they chose homeschooling because public school wasn't suiting them well. So a lot of homeschooled children are more of the, your hands-on learners, your very active child. And the more hands-on your curriculum can be, the better you can engage them in that and fully target all those learning styles it's fairly easy to target a visual learner or an auditory learner, but the, if you can use your hands, then you really got something that will work well. Well, you said the C word and like, like all black holes, we all get pulled in. Um, so with COVID uh, in the last year or so, you guys have probably seen a few new people. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> to your curriculum. Uh, and so have you seen, maybe because you guys are a content creator and you're a curriculum creator, you know, what unique challenges have you seen, you know, new parents, you know, come across with respect to homeschooling and, and how were you guys able to solve those uh, with those customers? The ones I've really seen is parents really weren't aware of where their kids were at educationally. Mm -hmm. And so when they had the kids in their home doing their classes, they suddenly realized that, wow, they're really not at grade level for math. And I had no idea um, or things like that. And so by having, you know, placement tests and things like that, when they made when they make the transition to homeschooling, all of a sudden they have the opportunity to fill in that gap and catch up. Um, I would say that's been a big one. I think scheduling has been a big one for parents to figure out. Um, at the beginning of the school year, there was a lot of, oh, no, how am I going to fit it all in? What are you guys doing? Is anybody else stressed out out here? A lot of that is kind of common. And, and as time has gone on, I think parents have settled into the routine and kind of made what the routine worked for them and realized it's not as overwhelming as it first looks. And so I think a lot of parents have had to figure that whole dance out. Yeah, we, we've seen that as well. And we've done, you know, a couple podcasts about, you know, understanding, you know, how much time do you have to put into things, especially in these early years. I know there's a lot of parents who, you know, are trying to wonder what to do with their kindergartner and their first grader. Um, you know, they're they're already on off the level charts of energy. So how do I manage that? And, and, yeah. and you know, that that's a challenge. So that's interesting to hear that, you know, that is a common problem that you're even seeing as well. Um, it, Going forward, have you um, thought about making changes? That, or you guys have like uh, changes coming forward in Timberdoodle? Are there things that people need to look out for? Um, things that maybe you've learned over the last year and a half that maybe you're changing coming fo going forward? So we don't make, uh, I wouldn't say there's any humongous changes. Every year we um, refresh and update the kits. So often throughout the school year, you have a supplier that will all of a sudden um, run out of stock and nope, we're not reprinting that title. And so then you've got to find a different title or somebody will come out with a brand new product. And you think, oh my goodness, that's that's even better than something else. And so you drop one and add another. So there's little changes. We'll try to refresh, you know, some of the more frivolous fun activities like let's add in a different dot to dot book or let's so kind of keep it fresh and up to date. That always goes on. Um, obviously with the last years huge rush on homeschool products there yeah. um, there were no homeschool products available anywhere so there there I think I think all the suppliers are still trying to figure out where they're standing on this whole thing um, but I don't anticipate any huge differences but no I would say we're excited looking forward we uh, are finally have our new warehouse which we had been which had been in the construction process during all of this. And so to be able to set up the operations to run more smoothly and we can manage larger quantities of shipments, I think this is going to pay off for our customers because we can actually have it in hand faster for them. Um, so I think that will help us out quite a bit. And we, we're finding through every year there's exciting new stuff. Mm -hmm. So it is it, right now we're in the stages of pulling together. Is this actually in print or is this they're hoping to make one? and all these kinds of things. But there's some real exciting stuff on the table that we are looking forward to adding. And yes, it means some of our favorites will have to shuffle out, but that's okay because the new stuff is worth it. And some exciting stuff getting imported, some vendors that are willing to import stuff for us just because yeah. we said, hey, this is our favorite, but they're saying they're not bringing it stateside, but if you're interested, okay, we'll bring it stateside. So some exciting things like that that we're looking forward to. Well, and that's interesting, you know, about 
15% of our listeners are from Snohomish County um, and about 25% of our listeners are from Washington and then another 25 from the U.S. And we have a pretty good international uh, listener base. Um, are you guys able to ship internationally and do you support that or is that a challenge for you guys? We routinely ship internationally. It is it is a challenge for our customers just because of international postage costs and there's just okay. no way around that. Um, but we are happy to do that. And they've set up, we've had some um, different Timberdoodle pods that have been set up overseas and, you know, people okay. get together to have their little Timberdoodle um, pods to meet with. And I think that's kind of cool. And anything in Brazil? We're kind of big in Brazil right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that one off the top of my head. No, you don't know. Okay. All right. All right. Hey, hey, you Brazil listeners, you guys need to start a little Timberdoodle pod and everything. So, so I, I understand the, you know, curating and keeping it fresh, which is just, which is just so great. Although that's a, that's a lot of work for you all. Is there, is there anywhere you want to, you know, not, not just this coming year, but in future where, you know, anywhere you want to take Timberdoodle that you're, you know, you, you have the kits, you sell a lot of individual products. Um, you know, is there, is there a longer vision that, that you have in mind for, for what you want to do? I mean, I'm sure you're swamped right now, but. I think what we really want to do is keep doing what we're doing, and that is meeting the needs of home educators and making it achievable, that that a new homeschooler can step into this and not feel overwhelmed, but feel equipped and enjoy it, and both they and their student come away at the end of the year having had a wonderful experience and having um, really some educational advantages due to that. And I'm excited that with um, this last year and everybody having to resort to homeschooling. I'm excited that it has become a more accessible and um, less frightening thing that more people are able to experience it and say, you know what, I, I re person after person I've seen say, I entered this world I bought from you guys because I had to, but we've loved mm -hmm. it so much we might continue. And I just think that's a very exciting thing, a whole new group of families that are learning, you know what, I love teaching my kids and I really want to continue this. I think that's a very exciting thing. Yeah, a lot of people are waking up and realizing they do have school choice and there are options. Um, so it's not just your, your your curriculum, you know, Ariel mentioned at the beginning that we interviewed a friend who got your curriculum, uh, but she didn't get it through, you know, just buying it for herself. She got it through her charter school. Can you talk about all the different avenues where you can, you know, obviously I can buy off your website, but are there other ways, creative ways that people are able to get a hold of the Timber Dual curriculum? So charter schools is the one um, that most of our customers, are, if they're not buying it themselves, that they're using the charter schools to do that. And just because it does take the financial load off of you. So it depends on what kind of charter school your states have and some have more options than others. So, so the, the requirements by going through a charter school may be um, differing from organization to organization. You know, you may have the weekly check-in or the monthly check-in or whatever it is. You have to fill out all this paperwork um, to... Um, qualify for it, but it does provide parents the opportunity to school their kids at home without having to be out that expense. Yeah, I believe she was using one of the online charter schools down in Oregon, if I'm if I'm right. If I can, Interesting. Is that right? Yeah, that's where she got it through. And I know it was right during the supply crunch. So she got half the curriculum <laughs> and then she got the other half like oh, another man. month later. Yeah, it was oh, like, man, I think yeah. it was I was probably like about a year ago when you guys were probably pulling your hair out. Where, where do I find all this stuff? So much. So one of, one of our vendors, we're calling them like, when is our stuff coming? And they're saying, we don't know. They're like, this is like 
the toilet paper shortages in the homeschooling world now. It's just, it's not available. <laughs> like They're reprinting stuff like crazy. It was insane. Well, it was and, terrible. And we- and we now know, I, I believe there's a paper shortage right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, oh, heaven forbid. I, I've been hearing about that. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I think it's really funny too, because it's stuff that, you know, didn't have high demand. I mean, there certainly was demand and we've seen homeschooling grow, you know, year over year, but nothing like this, uh, you know, oh. steep rise in it. I think that's really exciting for all of these smaller content creators to all of a sudden be just swamped and mm-hmm. reprinting their books. And mm-hmm. I, I just think that's great. Could you, could you talk a little bit about um, using the charter schools? Like if, you know, Obviously, the listener will have to go look, but you did say you can offset the cost by using an online charter school. Do you have a you know kind of a vision into what that process looks like? It really depends on the charter school. Yeah, I think it it varies quite a bit depending on the school. And so what I know is in Florida, there's one called Step Up, and Mm -hmm. that is like a a large grant, I believe, is distributed to families with children with special needs. And so then they have a specific website that they can order from, and they can pick to order from us and get our curriculum. Um, in Arizona, they have a different setup, but they also, but they order, they have a special login from their school, and then they order directly off of our website. Um, here in Oregon and Washington, we get more of school districts submitting paper orders to us, so they work with the customer and find out what they want to order, and then they submit the order to us, and then we ship it to the customer and build the school. So it really it varies pretty widely depending on who you are working with and what their system is. Joy, do you guys have maybe talk a little bit about you know how people can get a hold of uh, Timberdoodle, how they can connect with you, social media, things of that nature? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Timberdoodle.com is our website, and you'll find everything linked up there. Um, we are also reachable on Facebook, Timberdoodle again, or uh, Instagram, Timberdoodle Co. Those guys are are our most active social media places right now. Um, Our phone crew is still limited due to COVID, but again, we're available. Um, (laughs) That's that's all there. And we we also have live chat on our website. So if you have a question, just chat us. We're we're more than happy to help. We really want to see families succeed and it doesn't have to be with our staff. Just it would be, it's a wonderful thing to see families thrive, especially in this climate. And so if we can be of any help, don't hesitate to just give us, drop us a line and we'll help how we can. Well, thanks so much uh, today for being with us. This was really, really exciting. Um, can you, if, if you just have some, uh, you know, parting thoughts, especially for those new homeschoolers that are, that are struggling, that are stressed and, um, you know, having been uh, homeschooled yourselves, what what would you say uh, each of you to, to somebody who's new and, and this is a lot for them to take in? I think I would say, you know, the classic relax. And it's hard when you're in the trenches to feel relaxed because you feel the stress of, but I got to get through the curriculum. But for reals, your kids will be fine and um, take the time you can to educate them, but don't freak out about what you're not able to accomplish. And in a lot of ways, this is where we think, you know, if you if you are stressed, boil it down to the essentials. Do do the reading, do the math, do the critical thinking and let everything else go. And um, if your child, because there's some grade level um, proficiency required for math and for language arts or for reading, you're going to want to stay with that. But if you can teach your child how to think with critical thinking, then they can pick up 
um, maybe the geography that you didn't hit this year or the history you didn't hit this year, you know, they can pick it up anytime. It's not something to freak out over. Just relax, hit the basics and keep moving. To tag onto that, I would just say that in our experience, we had a year where mom suffered a miscarriage and things were hard and school was more life and farm life unless uh, here's your book, get it done. And being in Washington State, you have annual mandated testing. That was the year our test scores were off the charts. And we were just like, I, <laughs> real life is actually learning. And if you are engaged in doing things, that will be reflected. Um, and so it doesn't have to be how many pages you got done in your math workbook. It can just be living your life. And the other thing I would want to say to new families is this is really, really a lot of fun. If once you start seeing your kids learn, it's really addictive. You're just going to want to see more and more of that. So it same as what Hope is saying. Don't stress so much over the details. Settle into a good rhythm that works for you. And there's going to be a lot here to enjoy. Well, that's terrific. Really, really appreciate that. I think it's interesting too, um, your experience, not just as, you know, content creators, but as uh, adults who were homeschooled as well. And I think that's that's really interesting. You, I'm sure you've seen the change over the years. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious. I guess I'll ask one last final question just for my own curiosity. But how 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 do you think, in your perception, homeschooling has changed from when you were children to today? And you know, obviously, there's a lot more resources available. But is it just that, or do you see you know changes in cultural acceptance and and other things in in homeschooling? Definitely, I would say in cultural acceptance. Um, obviously, yes, in content, it has become hugely, <laughs> almost unfathomably more varied than it was when we were growing up. But yes, it was very much a stereotypical homeschool environment um, or culture, I should say, when when we were raised. So you know, the denim dresses and the large families and the frizzy hair. I mean, that was the homeschooler <laughs> of the day. <laughs> Wait a minute, that, 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 I mean, I, I wait, I'm the homeschool dad here, and I, I kind of look like that every morning too. <laughs> the denim, and I'm wearing, I'm wearing my my Canadian tuxedo right now, my denim shirt and my denim pants. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to our we, listeners in Canada. We've lost, we've lost all of Canada, right? <laughs> but yeah, I would say the culture has definitely changed. It's become definitely more widely accepted, and um, the different families that are involved in it are is a much more widely varied group and there's there are more studies for those who are nervous there more studies have been done more colleges have fine-tuned their application process for homeschoolers like depending on what you're where you're trying to get the path there has become a lot easier than it probably was in the early days we've proved out that we can be a good bunch <laughs> <laughs> Well, I really appreciate uh, your time. We we both loved talking with you, and I think that's a great note to to leave on. Uh, that we are not weird, and we will not screw up our children. And relax. And everybody just relax, everybody take a breath, and and um, and if you need some guidance, uh, call Timberdoodle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!